I'm so glad to be part of the family of God. Aren't you? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes. <clears throat> I've often said I wouldn't make a good hermit. I love people too much. As I sat in my pew and observed the front here, I thought, that is what Christmas is all about. Right here. It was our privilege to be up in New England States for a few days last week, and we certainly enjoyed the time with our brother and his wife. Saw a lot of the beautiful decorations that were coming out. Of course, Christmas is coming, and last Sunday we're in an Episcopal church. I guess that's pronounced right. And uh, just the beauties of Christmas. I, I love Christmas time. It, it just stirs something down inside me. I can't help it. I guess I'm sentimental. But uh, driving around New England there, did we find and see one? We saw one manger scene. And I thought, so many beautiful lights, but really it's because of Jesus. Even at churches, I thought there should have a manger scene. Of course, we don't have one out front either, but I have one inside, so tell your folks to come in here and see it. But uh, thank you, ladies, who are... Uh, responsible for decorating the church, you again did a beautiful job, and I appreciate it so much. Alan, I'm sorry, I meant to mention something about you and your wife. They were going to join, but due to health situations, uh, decided to hold it off uh, a little longer here. So uh, I didn't mean to embarrass you there. Their names were in the bulletin, and maybe you were wondering, but uh, they're, they're future ones that we'll be working on. And anyone else that wants to join, let me know. Sometime beginning of the year, we'll do it again. I'd like people who are part of our congregation to really feel part and be a member. You can do so much more. Our message this morning is the grandest night of all the year. And for those of you that were in the class downstairs after church, I want, to t- I want you to tell me what type of message I'm preaching this morning. Thought I'd get that out, Peter, right? See if if they're paying attention. Now, I have three portions of scripture. Uh, You can turn to them if you like, or if you just want to listen as I read, that's fine too. Genesis 28, Matthew 1, and John 3. And so, yes, there they are in front of you. I should have known they were up there. But I'm going to begin reading at Genesis 28, and you'll notice something that correlates through all these scriptures is talking about a great night, something that took place. Genesis 28, we're going to pick up at verse 10 and through verse 15. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep. I don't know if he ever took a stone for a pillow. I'm I'm not sure, Betty, how that would work, but that's what he did. Then he dreamed, no wonder, and behold, a ladder was up from the earth, and its top reached to heaven, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Wow, what a dream. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land in which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. 
You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and the north and the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I've done what I have spoken to you. Now turning to Luke, or pardon me, Matthew chapter 1. We're going to pick up there at verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you and marry your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. And he did not know her till she had brought her forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. And now John chapter 3. We're going to read the first eight verses. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said this to you. You must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it goes, or comes from, and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word to us this morning. And we pray again today that you'd minister to every heart here. May the Holy Spirit settle down among us. Lord, increase our understanding May we be alert and to hear and want to learn what the Bible says. And so I pray today that we would be challenged again to realize that, God, you are in control of this world. From the very beginning to the very last day, you have a plan, you have a purpose. In fact, for every one of us here today, you have a purpose for our lives. And help us, Lord, to be seeking you, to be more like Jesus, to be used of you, Lord, even in greater ways, that we could be 
the hands of Jesus extended, touching lives in his name for his honor and glory. So bless now as we worship together. Be with those, Lord, that would like to be here but cannot, those that are sick and afflicted today. Just comfort them and may your presence be wherever they are. And so, Lord, we just want to love you and to worship you. And I appreciated Galen's prayer, praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Lord, that the Bible instructs us to do. And Lord, we want to remember our Jewish brothers and sisters that, Lord, you'd be guiding your hand upon them as well. May they come to the place to realize that Jesus is their Messiah and they would love you as we do. So guide us now in this service and we'll certainly give you the praise, the honor, and all the glory is worthy is due your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Reading the scriptures <clears throat> from cover to cover, you will see many, many places where nights are, are shown of, of great things that God has done. Some are, are wonderful. Some are very sad. And in this message today, it's my goal to share with you several of these and then, of course, to bring out the greatest night of all time. It was a black night when God the angels hovered over Egypt. You know the story how they were rebelling against Moses and allowing the children of Israel to be set free. And the word says, in their rebellion, destruction, judgment came upon that land. And the death angel flew over Egypt and the oldest child of every family died that night. Are you the oldest child in your family? I'm sure there's a lot here. I happen to be one of the youngest. The Jewish people that had the blood over their doors, they were exempt. And folks, what a symbolic uh, illustration. It's the blood of Christ that exempts us from the devil's grasp and the sin of our world. Thank the Lord that Jesus took our place. And so that night was terrible for the Egyptians, but it was wonderful for the Israelites. See the contrast? Because of their obedience to God. It was their salvation. It was a great night, as we read in the scriptures here, when Jacob laid down there in the wilderness, uh, taking a stone for his pillow, slept out under the stars, and he had a dream saw this ladder reaching from earth to heaven or heaven to earth, I guess is how the scripture says it. Angels ascending and descending upon that ladder and the tremendous promise that God gave him that he would see his seed cover the earth, especially that place there where he was. And then what about the night that King Belshazzar was having a grand party that got out of control? Had the golden goblets brought out of the store where they had them stored. Remember, they had taken them from the temple in Jerusalem. That's when God's hand appeared and the writing on the wall said, God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. You have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. That's found in Daniel chapter 5 and we know the story. That night, that king met his death. It was an eventful night that Daniel 
tried to sleep with the lions, and I think he did sleep. I have a pet cat, a big, large male cat named um, Leonardo. I call him Leo for short. And that cat loves to sleep in my lap every chance he can get. In fact, when I come home, he's there at the chair looking for me. He doesn't sleep with me in my bed, though. He has his place, and I have mine. But I would like to think of Daniel that night, had these big pussy cats around him. I don't know if they snored or not. Face cat does, mine doesn't. It's quiet, unlike its master. But Daniel was there with these lions, and God's peace was upon him. Do you know the day's coming that the wolf and the lamb shall feed together? The lion shall eat straw like the ox? So says the prophet Isaiah in chapter 66. It was a great night. There in John 3, when Nicodemus came to Jesus with questions, he was one of the rulers of that day. He had heard about Jesus. I'm sure he heard some of the messages, perhaps. And Jesus told him those eternal words, you must be born again. It doesn't say that you have to have your name on some membership role, and not to belittle what we just did, folks. That's not our salvation, is it? It's the blood of Jesus. We must be born again. What a great night. And it was another great night when Jesus was there in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he was praying. The disciples were somewhere away from him. And he was praying at this large, large rock. And you know those words that we find in Mark chapter 14, not my will, but thine be done. He knew what was ahead of him, and yet he willingly accepted that. About a year ago, I was there, went into that large cathedral and saw that huge rock. Uh, I I would guess it to be about 20 feet wide and longer than our sanctuary. Huge. And of course... The faithful were trying to get up front where they could kneel right by the rock. Well, you can imagine hundreds of people, only a few could, could get up there. And I have to confess, we broke the law, Stan. There was these, uh, I don't know, things that told you you weren't supposed to go beyond that point. And here was this whole area with chairs, and one or two went. I said, come on, let's go. And we, we ran right up there, and here's this rock all about as close as Barb, and one of my people, we even snuck in somehow, and she was there praying, and we were praying, and wasn't heard a priest. Get out of here, get up here. We were in the wrong place. Had a notion to say, but my dear brother, we traveled all these miles, can't we at least try to pray? But I didn't say anything. We backed off, and yes, yes, okay, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. But what an occasion, you know, to realize that the scholars, the biblical scholars, saying that is where Jesus knelt to pray. I don't know if it was or not, but we certainly felt God's presence there as we prayed. My soul was certainly blessed. It was a great night, or was it, when Paul and his companions were shipwrecked? But they lived to tell the story. I guess that's what makes it a great night. God saved all those who were on board. He told Paul none would be lost. 
What a night it was when Peter three times denied Jesus. Can you imagine the weight that would have been upon him, the guilt, to realize what I have just done? I've said I don't even know this man. And if you read the scriptures, it got to a point where he actually cursed and swore that he did not know this man. I never can figure out why some people think you have to curse and swear to make people believe you're telling them the truth. The Bible says, let your yea be nay, yea, and your nay be nay. And I often think if somebody gets all upset and curses and swears, they're just all the more showing me they're not truthful. But Peter came to the place where he wept bitterly. And praise God, Jesus forgave him. Just as he forgives any one of us here today, when we fail the Lord, when we deny the Lord by our actions, our words come to him. And he's there to forgive. Praise the Lord. And he cleanses. Peter was reborn. And he has a home in heaven, and I'm sure he's there. And we do as well as we walk close to the Lord. Well, let's take in our mind's eye a journey back to the grandest night of all time. Evening was coming. The sun was going down in the west, over the tops of the mountains. I can just visualize Bethlehem. It was a long drive going up. And you started to see little housing, and then you came into this big city that nestles on several hills there. And still there's out in the open, there's shepherds uh, have their, their flocks. But you know the song about that little town of Bethlehem? I guess it was maybe back then, but it certainly isn't now. And I would also say I'm glad I was there last year and not right now. Now, I want you to know as your pastor, I endorse what President Trump did 100%. Jerusalem has been the capital of Israel for thousands of years until just in the last number of years. And all these other governments are trying to tell them where they should have their capital. How would we as Americans feel if the world said to us, no, 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 you can't have your capital in Washington. It has to be in Philadelphia. Okay, we'll do what you say. We don't want any problem. Try to make it personal sometimes. That's what the Israelites or Israelis are, are experiencing. And so I say, praise God, Brother Trump, or President Trump. <coughs> we say brother and sister around here, and yes, it slips out. And I don't want to talk political, Barb. <laughs> but uh, I dare say that's one of the reasons I voted for him. <laughs> Because his promises he made, and I see him doing one thing after another. Oh, I wish sometimes he would quit his tweeting and zip it up a little bit. It would probably help him. But I'm praying for him, that the Lord would help our president to continue doing what is right. And so, man, that wasn't even on my notes, honey, was it? Stick to the notes, okay? <laughs> Pray for your president. He's under a lot of pressure, and now doesn't surprise me at all. The nations of the world are all upset about this, especially the Palestinians. And in Bethlehem, riots and going, uh, I'm just glad I'm not there. But pray for the Christians that are caught in the middle of all that. And so, yes, back to Bethlehem. 
Can you see in your mind's eye this young couple, a donkey, going slowly up that long road to Bethlehem? Mary and Joseph. And they have a great secret between them. Mary is just about ready to deliver. Because of some nine months before this that God spoke to her giving her the announcement that would change her life forever and ours as well, praise the Lord. She was to bear a child that God, the Holy Spirit, would be father to and would give birth to the very Son of God. You see, God wanted his Son to come into the world to experience what common mankind lives every day. He became one of us. And that thrills my heart because the times I mess up, the Lord understands. And he's there willing to help us, pick us back up. Jesus would not stay in the manger. He grew up to be a man, walk and live among men. And then he would go to the cross to be the sacrificial lamb. He would take upon himself the sins of the world on his shoulders. Your sins and mine. Yes, this was God's plan to have a remedy for sin. Jesus was to be born of a virgin and raised as any other child, I believe. If you were there growing up with him, he might have been with your buddy. You go fishing together, throw stones in the creek, whatever. But imagine how puzzled Mary must have been at the news that the angel gave to her. She was a pure young lady, not having any carnal relations with any man outside of wedlock, and that's what they are when people do that. But naturally, she would say to the angel, how can I have a baby since I'm I'm a virgin? And there the angel reassured her, don't worry, Mary. God will take care of everything. It's in his hands. He'll bring it to pass, and all through the power of the Holy Spirit. And oh, I do like Mary's answer, don't you? She simply bowed her head and said, I am the Lord's servant. (laughs) May it be to me as you said. And then the angel departed. Later in the scriptures, it tells us the same angel met with Joseph one night. Just like Mary, Joseph was shocked. He was dismayed. He was told that his girlfriend's going to deliver a baby. Born by the power of the Holy Spirit? Try to put yourself in their shoes. How would have you reacted? I don't think any different. So let's hurry back now to Bethlehem. We see Joseph looking desperately for a place for them for the night. I'm sure you would too, men, if your wife was ready to deliver. I remember well when Faith was ready to deliver our last little guy. We had to drop Joy off at another house in her clothes. And uh, first of all, my truck was at the garage, or no, my car was at the garage. I was driving the old truck, an old beater, and I didn't want to take her to the hospital in that. And I just had things I had to do when I got to the house. It didn't take me long to know I better hurry up. You know, wives have a way of letting you know those things, and I won't go into detail. We hurried to the hospital, 
and she had a contraction just as I got her out of the car. We walked about 20 feet, got her inside the main door. She had another one, and guess what? Everybody's there. <gasps> I'm thinking, help! <laughs> Finally, a nurse come running with a uh, wheelchair, got her in that, and she said, park your car. Can't sit out here in front. So I went and parked the car quick, came back in. They said, hurry up. She's upstairs already. And I hurried and came in the delivery room, and just as I come in, there comes the baby. Why? He was here. 13 minutes, if I remember right, after we got to the hospital, little Joel made his entrance into the world. Back to Joseph. Everywhere he went, he found the places were filled. There was no room. Finally, the innkeeper had compassion. I think he saw the condition. He said, well, I have this little cave back of the building here with the animals. At least it's dry and you're out of the, the winter weather. And so that's where he went. And that's where Jesus was born. By sides of cows and sheep, maybe a donkey. I don't know what else might have been there. Over out on the hillside, something was happening. The shepherds were out there at night in the darkness. You know, they didn't have their little flashlights or their cell phones or their lights. It was dark, and suddenly a great light shone. An angel appeared, proclaiming the message, Luke 2, 9 through 14. Do not be afraid. Oh, were they afraid? <laughs> How have you been? How would you reacted? Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior has been born, he is Christ the Lord. Now this will be a sign to you. If you, find, you will find a baby wrapped in claws, lying in a manger. Now there was really nothing different about babies being wrapped in claws. That was normal for that day, but very few were lying in a manger. So they knew where they could find Jesus. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace good, peace to men on whom his favor rests. And they sang a song, glory to God in the highest. Wow, what a night it was. I just hope when I get to heaven, we can have a video preview of what that really was like. And to see it actually happening. It was a night which meant more than any other night up to that point. Now let's consider quickly three points here. When was Jesus born? Well, Galatians 4.4 4 says, But when the time was fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. So he came in the fullness of time. Now why didn't he come a hundred years before or after this time? It was because, I'll say it again, God has his timetable. He's in charge, not presidents, not kings, because they can be disposed of. You're hearing that on the news. He's in charge. He's always on time. He's never late. Amen? Jesus came at the best time of all when God wanted him to. Now notice with me several promises of the coming Savior. First, it all started way back in the Garden of Eden 
Adam and Eve had just fallen into sin, bringing with them a whole human race. The serpent had deceived our first parents, so God put a curse on that snake. How many love snakes? That's why. Then he said, the seed of the woman is going to bruise the head of that serpent. In other, way, in other words, someday Christ was going to crush Satan, and he did just that. Praise the Lord. The manger was the seed of the woman because man had nothing to do with his birth. This baby would grow up and die on the cross, but he'd burst out of that tomb, and he would crush Satan because someday... The devil knows where he's going. Read your Bible, Revelation. He's going to be cast into the bottomless pit and then be brought out of that for a little season and then put in the lake of fire and brimstone. Pretty hot ending for the devil. That's why he's fighting us every wit he can now because he knows his day is coming. Secondly, when Abraham came, God told him, that through his descendants, all nations of the world would be blessed. <laughs> History shows that over and over. How many armies and people have just tried to destroy the Jewish people, but they prevail. Third, when David came, he sang of a great king whose name would endure forever. Over 2,000 years, the name of Jesus has endured and will continue to endure until time is no more and, and Jesus comes back. And rules forever. Number four, Isaiah proclaimed, His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. His name denotes all of those things, all of those offices. And Jesus has fulfilled every one of those for us today. Amen? Amen. Fifthly, we're told that he would come from the tribe of Judah, from the line of David, be born in Bethlehem, and we know today every one of those details from the Old Testament prophecies have been fulfilled about Jesus. Now we've looked at the promises, but maybe you might have sometimes wonder, secondly, the Jews made their contribution to this fullness of time. They were God's covenant people, God's chosen, and they were to bless the world. All the tabernacle and temple sacrifices pointed to the supreme sacrifice of Jesus someday on the cross. The Jews believe in God, Jehovah, the one God whose glory fills the earth, and they're looking for Messiah, and somehow they missed it. They were a conquered nation, subject to cruel Roman occupation, and they felt that God had forgotten them. There's some future messages here this month. I'm going to be sharing a little more about that. How many years? It's been quiet. There's been no revelation. And then finally, God breaks out upon them. But isn't man's extremity God's appointment? I believe it is. It's always the darkest before the dawn. It was a time for a sunrise in Israel. It was a time for a messianic hope to be fulfilled. It was time for Jesus Christ to come. Thirdly, the Greeks made their contribution to this fullness of time. Alexander the Great, if you remember your history, had conquered the known world. He had spread the Greek language everywhere over the land. 
And so when Jesus came, his followers could go and be speaking the language they knew everywhere they went. People would understand. Nelson makes me think a little bit like when we were in Africa. They're teaching the children their English. Wow, it was so nice, Toe and Hudson, to be able to communicate with so many of your people. Just some of the older folk, it was a little more difficult, but I understood. Or I didn't understand, but I mean I understood their situation. But uh, this is, makes me think of this. Now the English language is like a trade language the world over. What's stopping us? Going out. Oh, I pray your blessing and praying for your missionaries, but it starts right at home. Fourthly, the Romans made a contribution to this fullness of time. They now were ruling the known world. They gave a sense of order and peace by crushing those warring nations. And they constructed beautiful, magnificent highways, and there's still a lot of those in use today. Their ships were traveling the seas, so Paul and Barnabas could jump on a ship and go to another nation with the, in the foreign lands, teaching the gospel as the Holy Spirit gave them direction. Yes, friends, let our doubts vanish. Jesus was born at just the right time. Thank God he came. The long night of waiting was over. God made good his promises to a lot in a fallen world. He came to mankind, and yet so many rejected him just as they do today. But the good news of the gospel is for those who believe it and receive it. Christmas has no truer meaning than to accept that Jesus came to change the world and starting by changing your heart. It's all the beautiful Christmas cards, and I know some of you are saying, oh man, I haven't got to that yet. I've got to get my cards out. Faith and I usually take an evening. We sit down together and, and, and we get it done. All the lovely carols that we're singing, and oh, Stan, I just enjoyed those this morning. Uh, the pretty lights, the friendly greetings, and I'm not afraid to say Merry Christmas wherever I go. All the food that we share, and my, there's lots of it. But this is all an empty form without Jesus. Jesus wants to bless you and I forever. His salvation is offered to whosoever will, till the Lord may come. And yet many are just letting him pass by. They're too busy with time and sense. And after think of that scripture, what does it profit you if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? When the shepherds heard the glad tidings, they went out and told everyone that they met. May we do the same in our world because there's so many that need the message. May God bless our missionaries, those that are out doing that. Sam, when I read your, your wife's testimony there, she was questioning the, what she had been taught for years, and she said, Lord, send somebody to tell me. And I thought, how important it is. If you feel God lay upon your heart to go to someone and tell them about Jesus, that person could be praying, Lord, send someone to confirm this truth in my heart. This Christmas season... Share a smile. Share a hand to help someone. 
and give and take every opportunity to talk about Jesus. We've seen the story here in the scriptures of a man and woman, Joseph and Mary, and how committed they were. And did you notice that when the angel spoke to them, they didn't say, well, let me pray about it. I'll get back to you. No, it says immediately they did as the angel had instructed them. We saw the angels, the announcement that they brought, and the the beautiful singing about Christ's birth. The humble shepherds, they gladly received the good news and, as I said, went around telling everyone. And so I trust today, friends, all of us here know Jesus, not as a babe in the manger, but as our Savior in our heart. And if not, you know the altar is always open. Anyone who wants to seek, you're welcome to come front, kneel to pure, kneel here at the steps, and we're, we're here to pray with you. The team is coming now to share our closing song, and if the Lord has spoken to your heart in any way, you, be, you obey him, all right?